0: hello thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast i'm michael grant senior pastor of faith worship center international right here in columbus georgia today i'd like to share a word straight from god that's just for you. And I hope you're prepared. Grab your pen, paper, your tablet. Most importantly, grab your Bible, your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And let's prepare to take notes on what God has to share with you on today. I'm excited for you because you're about to grow to a greater place of faith in God. Let's tune into the Word. There is a word from the Lord today. And so, I, man, I got a lot of ground to cover. And I want to do my best to cover as much of it as I can in our time allotted today. But to be respectful of your time and get you out of here. Used to be a day and time where the preacher didn't even look at the clock. He just kept the, kept the saints as long as he felt like it. <laughs> Man, y'all want me to go back to those days? Some of you say, ah. Some say, yeah. Some of them say, ah, I didn't eat my breakfast before I came preaching. So... <laughs> But I do want to be efficient with our time together today. So if you have your mobile devices, uh, you can cue you know, them up to a few scriptures I want to share today and uh, have them on standby. But before I dive into that, the, the topic that God has given us for this month is that we ought to be synchronized in our speech, synchronized speaking. I want you to think about that for a moment, synchronized, synchronized, that term sync means together, syn means together. Chronize means chronologically. And so God wants us to be intentional about the steps that we make, the moves that we make, the steps that we take, that we're doing them together. That we're not just individuals, that we're not uh, focused on being in a place of solitude so much so that can't nobody tell us nothing. Uh, I know most of us couldn't wait to get out of our parents' house so we can do what we want to do and say what we want to say and then real life happened, and boy, we were running. Mama! Mama, let me get that room back. <laughs> and, uh, and yet we're here. We realized that there's power in, in unity. And uh, so we're grateful for uh, the, the privilege of being able to come together as the body of Christ. So uh, the word of the day is collaborate. Okay, collaborate. Let me hear you say that. Collaborate. If you're watching... Uh, through our social media platforms, and you like to post and uh, type things in our thread, that would be something great to, to insert there. Collaborate. Collaborate. Collaborate simply means to work together. The Bible talks about in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18, it's God speaking. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for humans to be in a place of solitude for an elongated period of time, because if they're the only ones giving themselves insight, then when error comes, not if error comes, but when error comes, because the nature of humanity is fallen, and as long as you live, you're going to have a whole bunch of right if you live life in alignment with God, but you still even then going to have some wrong. Is there any imperfect people in this room today? Are there any people who say, man, I love the Lord, but I got flaws, I got issues, I'm working on some things, God working on me on some things. Anybody can be honest and say, yeah, you're talking my language, man. Yeah, I'm in in that category. And so it's important that we don't allow ourselves to stay stuck in a place of thinking that we're the only ones who have the right answer. That we uh, find safety, as the word of God says, in the multitude of counselors. There's safety in community. We were built for community. We find this in Genesis 1 and 28 where God says after he made man, he said, now I need you to be fruitful and multiply. Don't stay by yourself. I need you to expand, broaden territory and make sure you duplicate yourselves so that there will be a community to find safety in. Somebody say there's safety in community. And so as we talk about community, as we talk about collaboration, there's a text of Scripture that that, uh, is a great example of how people, when we come together, man, we can do some great things. And so that Scripture is Genesis chapter 11. I know it's a familiar passage of Scripture where it's talking about, or it's known as the passage pertaining to the Tower of Babel. I don't know if I'm going to preach today. Y'all know, you know, God has gifted me with, as they say, the gift of gab. And, uh, you know, I'm a passionate speaker. Uh, But I I do want to make sure that we get this, because, man, we are living in such a time of individualism. We're living in such a time where people feel like being separate apart and standing out from everybody else is just the thing to do. And I'd like to submit that though God has anointed us and he's gifted us to be fearfully and wonderfully made and unique, he desires that we all still be connected, even in our uniqueness, that we're still connected. Paul said it this way to the church of Corinth. He said, man, we're many members, but we're one body. We're one body. And so it's important that we really... Undo our thinking concerning some ideologies and philosophies that have been instilled in us both directly and indirectly and really uh, allow the word of God to be etched in our hearts so that we'll follow after what he desires, not what we desire or what somebody told us we should desire. Can I get any amens in here? Amen lights. Amen lights. I feel what those old preachers talking about. So I want to I want to walk through this. um, Genesis chapter number 11. Really, really, really unique passage of scripture where uh, humanity, man, it it does some phenomenal things. Uh, I'm going to read and we'll go together today through conversation. The Bible says, and the whole earth, the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Now, that statement alone is a mouthful because uh, if you understand the context of this passage, this is immediately following, not immediately following, but a couple of generations past the uh, ark that God led Noah to build and the flood that destroyed all of humanity except for one family. Y'all remember that? How God how Noah took two of each animal into the ark and it was just his family. And uh, they all came in there together and God allowed it to rain 40 days, 40 nights. And the water was sustained on the earth for 150 days. And I mean, God just it don't sound doesn't sound like God, but God killed everything now. He said, I'm tired of you all being uh, doing what you want to do and calling it right. I'm tired of y'all just making your own rules. I tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to do away with it all. And so it's important that we know, and I say this oftentimes in conversations with individuals, that my father, your God, is a righteous judge. And he's a God of love, but he's a God of right. And he judges based on righteousness. He judges based on whether we have done things the way that he's instructed. As a matter of fact, if there was no Jesus, we'd all be on our way to hell. Come on, somebody. I don't care how often you go to church. I don't care if you're a preacher of the Torah. If there was no Jesus, all of us would be hell bound. And so it's important for us to Understand the dynamics of God's nature in that he's a judge. And so here we see our father as the righteous judge saying, y'all didn't do it the way I told you to do it. So I'm going to push the reset button. And so and so Noah and his family are the only living humans in the earth. I know that's hard to understand, but in reality, in retrospect, there were fewer people, people living people in the earth than are even in this room today at that day and time. And so Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they begin to multiply. And it went down and God re- actually reestablished the covenant that he made with Abram. Oh, excuse me, with uh, Adam, not Abram. Abram he ain't he got there yet. Uh, but he reestablished the covenant that he made with uh, Adam, telling him, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So he told Noah and his sons and their wives, hey, do the same thing. Start this thing off. He said, I'm going to make sure that all creatures in the earth, they fear you. But I need you to fear me and I need you to do it the right way. So they began to. Multiply, build the earth. And in, in chapter number 11, oftentimes we think of the earth just being full of thousands upon thousands of people. But chapter number 11 of, of uh, Genesis is only about three generations removed from Noah here's how I'll tell here how here's how I'll give you that explanation if you if you're taking notes or if you want to follow to make sure you understand to make sure that you understand this again like i said I want to teach today because I want you to leave here with a great understanding of the importance of community and the the elements that can absolutely positively jack your community up uh Genesis chapter nine verses twenty five through twenty seven it speaks of how after uh 25 to 27, after Noah came off of the ark, his sons, uh, so, uh, or actually one of his sons named Ham saw him and he saw him in his nakedness. Uh, it's a comical way of explaining it, but you know, God has a sense of humor. So, so Noah is the king of the world. I'm on top of the world, right? He's, he, he, he's the man in the earth. Like I'm not talking like the president of the United States. I'm talking ain't no other nations to fight against. It's just him and his family, and he's God's man. So, I mean, talk about a chest sticking out type of moment. And he's God's voice. We, We don't think of it like this when we hear this passage, but ain't nobody else in the world getting instructions from God. But Noah and there are no other living beings in the world except Noah's family. That's why family has always been the first ministry it's the husband and the wife and their children god has always been about that because that is the foundation of every community and every culture y'all with me today and so so you know noah so noah's the man man he gets so excited he he said turn up turn down for what he go he go and get him some wine to get to (laughs) get to drink him i mean he just had him i'm the king of the world give me some of that liquor i mean i Maybe, maybe my live viewers are laughing. They don't think that's real funny here. But I'm telling you now, you don't want to see Noah in the way that is modern. Noah turned up. Noah got so turned up, he butt-naked drunk. Let me better state that. He butt-naked and drunk. Read it in your own time. Y'all want to watch soap operas and 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 netflix read your bible is it don't get much better than no one is so excited about being the man can't nobody tell me ain't nobody tell me nothing can't tell me nothing so 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 i mean he, he's all the way up. so one so gets drunk but unfortunately now this is the only family in the world and god God judged the world because of sin, but sin is trying to creep its way back in because Ham, uh, his youngest son, sees him like that. And he get to snickling, laughing, looking at him in his nakedness, and goes and tells his brothers. Now his brothers, his older brothers got good. It's always the young one that try mom and daddy. I don't, I don't deal with that. Because I want want to to start getting in my flesh. But anyway, so you you see, you see the the older brothers, Shem and Japheth, they got to help. Look, man, don't stop. First of all, stop looking at daddy because he's naked and let's cover him. Boy, we're long gone are the days that people cover their leader when they have a hard time, when their issue is, I won't won't deal with that. I won't deal with it. Leadership is expected to be perfect Can't have no issues. Mess around and have an issue and everybody, I, 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 I can't fool, I can't, that's neither here nor there. But the point of the matter is that those brothers knew how to cover their father because he's, the, he's God's man in the earth. And so, and so uh, Noah is, he's, even, man, this ought to bless somebody, even despite his flaws, he still is so discerning that he knows what happened while he was sleeping. God Almighty. That man's so gifted, he's so anointed that he still senses by, by the Spirit of God, by the familiarity that he has within his relationship with God, that something ain't right, and he knows who let sin in the world. That doggone Ham, I tell you. And so he says, Since Ham let sin into the world, he said, cursed be. Canaan, his son, he said he'll serve Japheth, he'll serve Japheth and he'll serve Shem. And so what he does in that moment is he names Shem as his namesake. Okay, that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna sink in there with you for a moment. So, so now let's fast forward to Genesis chapter 10, verses number 8 through 10. And so now the Bible says that uh, the sons of Ham... Uh, This is not in that specific text. It's it's highlighting one that I'd like to put focus on. But the sons of Ham were, were, uh, of course, Canaan was one of his sons. Others are mentioned, but there's one specifically named Cush. Somebody say Cush. And Cush has a number of sons and his youngest boy is named Nimrod. And the Bible says now in this moment, the Bible says uh, that Nimrod was a mighty man before God and began to rise into leadership. So watch this. So now so so um, numerically or chronologically speaking, Noah is starting to come off of the scene three generations later. And now Shem didn't become a man of well-known notoriety. Japheth did not become a man of well-known notoriety. Canaan didn't even become a man of well-known notoriety. But there's this other seed of of, of Ham who's named Nimrod, who becomes the world leader. And Nimrod and and is favorite of God, right? And so, so Nimrod is excited, so excited about his, his role of leadership that he begins to rally all of his family. At that time is probably, you know, in the, in the hundreds, I would imagine uh, if, if, you know, it's, it's three generations removed from Noah. Now that family has expanded. And so I don't want you to think of Genesis 11 as it being thousands upon th- hundreds of thousands of people in the land of Shinar or, or in, in. in in this new territory that have traveled from the east as we're going to read here from a moment this wasn't hundreds of thousands of people it was a, a good representative fa- it's like the family reunion you know what i'm talking about it, yeah yeah you know stop acting like you ain't never been to the family reunion y'all remember that family reunion yeah you know what i'm talking about the family reunion so 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 it's 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 a large gathering of family and, and now the leader in the family is a guy named Nimrod, and Nimrod is a mighty hunter. The reason that's important is because the way that they have their food and their, their, their substance is not by going to the local grocery store. They get their food and their substance by hunting the very things that were on the ark with them that they were nervous about, right? And they're able to gather them together. So Nimrod is good at hunting. Somebody say, Nimrod is good at hunting. And because he is so skillful at bringing in food or bringing in the bacon, as, as we would say in this present day and age, he would be the main money maker of the family. So he's the he's the key leader in the family. Now he starts chest out like Noah. Right. But watch. Watch what happens here. Now, now, I want you. I want us to read Genesis chapter 10. I want you to see some things in here so that we can. Discuss And this won't take a whole lot of time, I don't think. Um, But I want you to see in verse number uh, 8, it says, Genesis 10, verse 8 says, And Cush begat Nimrod. You see that? Uh, And he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Watch. God even acknowledges his greatness because of the dynamics of the earth. And he allows him to rise as a great leader. Watch this um and the beginning of his kingdom was babel y'all see that the beginning of his kingdom was what the beginning of his kingdom was what babel Babel. so his beginning kingdom was babel we're gonna come back to that and it goes on to say uh, and uh kalna in the land of shinar i want you to see those okay so nimrod is a great man in the earth and his the start of his kingdom is what now turn to Genesis chapter 11 so we can talk about this great community and not being by ourselves. The Bible says, and the whole earth, Genesis 11, 1, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. That's a powerful statement. Hopefully I'll get to come back to that. And it came to pass that as they, everyone in the earth, who's really Noah's family, three generations removed from him, that they found a plane in the land of what? Shana. Can you Now, do you reference that from Genesis 10? You remember that? That's the land, that's the plan or the area that Nimrod's nation or land was established. And it's also known as Babel. There you go. All right. Good job, class. Give yourselves a round of applause. It's further known as Babel. Right. Right. But but let's keep reading. It says it says um, they went there and they said, go to uh, let us make brick to burn them thoroughly and have brick from stone and slime from water and they said let us go and build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven that we may make us a name lest we be scattered abroad the face of the earth watch I don't have a whole lot of time to deal with the in-depth nuances of that context but understand this this is Nimrod's time to rule and he's gone to the land that has been prepared for him to rule in but him being the ruler because he's a great hunter is not enough Everything, the stage is set. Everybody speaks the same language. All your folks speak the same language, right? Some of them might be bilingual, but you ain't got no family members that can't understand what you're saying. Even if it's a little country or ebonics, they can figure it out because it's one language. And even at this point in history, all of them are so unified, so unified that that they are of the same speech. They're not just speaking the same language. They're saying the same thing. That's a powerful statement. That's the problem with the church today. We all know the word, but we ain't speak. It, God Almighty. We're not speaking the word. We all are aware of the language that God has granted us. But we choose to speak some foreign language when it comes to the situations that we face in life, as opposed to speaking the word of God. So 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 that's not the scenario of the world in Genesis 11. They're all saying the same thing. And God is impressed with this. He says, man, God Almighty, you got to read it in verses 6 through 8 of this same text. God says, man, look at all them jokers down there speaking the same thing. They're so united that nothing that they imagine to do will be restrained from them. Nothing. Nothing that they, will, they even imagine to do will be restrained from them. And to that, God says, so we better go down there and confound their language. I have a problem with that because it's not in God's nature to divide it has never in history have we seen God intentionally come into a scenario and say they're doing such a good job that I gotta mess up what they doing not when we were coming along, before we got saved and carrying on and our grandma was praying for us, y'all remember we used to try to get our weekend plans together? Everybody say, do your hands like this, say weekend plans. Yeah, you remember them weekend plans that you would get yourself together? And uh, them weekend plans uh, didn't quite have the plan of planning thoughts that God was thinking towards us involved in them weekend plans. And so we get to planning our weekend. I'm reminded of one of these, uh, you know, stories my mom used to tell when she was uh, preaching. She would say, I wanted to go dance with my friends or my girls and we had our little dance thing together. But my grandma told me, put that put this handkerchief down in your in your in your uh, in your outfit and see if you can dance. And remember the dance move while you out there with your anointed self doing your weekend plan." She got out there and said, and you know, Bishop liked the dance. Now, she, she, liked, she liked it, the dance. You know, I'm a good country. She liked it, the dance. Well, she, you know, they weren't doing the drop it like it's hot and carrying on. But, you know, she liked it, the dance, the camel walk. Am I doing it right? Y'all might tell me if I'm doing it right. If I ain't doing it right, just pray for him. Because I wasn't alive back then. She was probably doing them dances, stirring up my daddy. And then I came a little while after that. That by them weekend. Plan- well, we won't even do it. We'll, we'll, we'll stay focused on the word of the Lord. Now. Nah. <clears throat> <laughs> I done got all off the subject trying to get y'all mind off them weekend plans, but, but those plans did not have, but because they sent, they because she was doing something that wasn't the plan of God, there was, there was an anointing that would mess up her plans. I submit to you that that's what's taking place here in Genesis chapter 11 because Nimrod is anointed as a hunter. Nimrod is anointed to lead, but Nimrod's problem is he now is trying to make a name for himself. He's leading all of the known world into one movement, and that desire is not to unify them for the plans of the father. It's not even to unify them and fulfill what uh, uh, his great great grandfather Noah left as the instructions his intent is to build up self how do we know this because that term specifically used there in genesis chapter 11 verse 4 where he says let us make a name that term name elder you are like this the translation is shim (laughs) So 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 in essence what what Nimrod is saying is I know great-granddaddy Noah put the blessing on Shem But I'm gonna take that blessing and put it on myself because it ain't enough for me to be remembered as just a good man I want to be the one with the blessing on me I want to be the one that lives as and and is remembered as the greatest of all time It's the same type of arguments that we have in this day and age. Who is the goat? Who is the greatest all of all time? Is it Mike? Is it Kobe? Is it LeBron? Is it wilt? Is it somebody? Who is everybody wants to be known as the greatest? But the reality of it is it can be more than one king at the top of the hill because the God that we serve is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. But Shem is the one who has been granted as to be the one who the promise will come through. And Nimrod looks at far off and said, I don't think I want Shem to have the blessing. I think I want to be the Shem. Where am I going with this? The thing that jacked up that community. They didn't even realize it, saints. They didn't realize that they had positioned themselves to be sustained even outside of what Noah spoke concerning the curse. Because uh, uh, remember now, uh, um, this guy Nimrod is the offspring of Ham, the one who exposed daddy when he was in his negative state. So by right, he shouldn't even be leading at all. So like we say around here, I know who your folk is. I know how y'all is. Anybody ever been like that? Anybody ever know some people that you know, you, you know, they chilling and you say, just like it, daddy, Mm-hmm, just like it, they look like it, daddy, Got to act like it, daddy. The problem with this, the problem is this, is that Nimrod is not satisfied. Now, now you may say, oh, that's a nice little, you know, uh, Uh, Sunday school lesson, Uh, Pastor Mike, that's nice, so I have to make sure that I'm not selfish. No, you got to understand that self-interest and self-glory is the root cause of division, and division is the root cause of progression apart from God. It's bigger than just promoting yourself. And I like, watch, I, I sit in the room, our I, I, I position is, well, I do want to be known as great. Yeah, but you got a level of greatness. There's a ceiling that God has put to your level of greatness. And even, oh, you're, looking at, you're looking at me like, like, no, it ain't. Yes, it is. Here's, here's how we understand this. God told, uh, God told Moses through Japheth to put some over tens, some over fifties, and some over hundreds, and some over thousands. There are levels to your anointing. Some of us are micro and And we just great at being micro others of us are good at being uh mezzo and that's just where we land but there are others of us who are just anointed for macro and all of us can't be macro because if all of us is handling big who gonna handle the details Everybody can't be the pastor. Everybody can't be the one with the microphone in their hands. Somebody got to wait the tables, uh, deacons. Somebody got to tend to the sheep, uh, disciples. Let the, let the apostles be the one who look into the word and find the promises, the mysteries, the hidden gems of God so that we can make them known to everybody. Everybody can't be me. Everybody can't be Shem, Nimrod. You're anointed to be you. Look at somebody and say, you're anointed to be you. The problem is we get to comparing ourselves with others and we get to saying hmm I remember him when he was just such and such. I know if he can and I can you Don't know what he been through you don't know the hell they had to go through to become who they are today You don't know the things that they had to give up You don't know what they had to give up to go up You don't know the things that they had to endure You don't know the friends that walked out on them You don't know the loved ones that turned their back on them So stop comparing yourself to somebody else because you might not even be close to walking in the anointing that God has placed on their life Somebody say you better check yourself walking like nimrod around here you ain't you're the king of the world but it ain't good enough the thing about the world is john said it this way in john first john uh, chapter 2 verse 16 he said all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and pride of life and lust is a bottomless pit that will never be fulfilled it's like hell it's like the it's like the bottomless pit that is spoken of in the book of revelations it cannot be fulfilled And so we got to make sure that we stay far away. Somebody say, stay far away from self interest, from self glory, from it always being about you because watch this now I'm almost done, watch this, here's the end of this thing, I I gotta read this part to you, the bible says in the Genesis 11 chapter number, chapter 11 verse 7, go, this is God talking he says go let us, uh, uh, I love how God talks about himself in the plural, he says go let us, the father, the word, the spirit they, they, they all have God has different hats but when he makes a decision all of the hats come together he's thinking as a father, he's thinking as a son he's thinking as a friend god is a is a triune uh, a deity who knows how who has not uh, who have not been tempted by the same types of temptations that we've endured and so we understand that we serve a god who sets the example for us god says go let us go down there and confound their language why because nimrod is going after something that he ain't got no business going after the Lord watched it. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth and they left off from building the city. They stopped building the city. They stopped building the tower because they stopped trying to make a name for themselves because they could not understand themselves. Their motive and intent got them so off kilter that the strategy that was working, it was taking them into promise, having one language being of one speech. It got because their motive got off kilter. They forfeited the whole plan. But watch this. I'm going to keep reading. Therefore, number nine, verse number nine, Genesis 11 and nine. Therefore, y'all read this with me because I want y'all to make sure you make this connection. Y'all ready? You got it? You got it? If you're watching live, text me. I got it. And while you're texting, we're going to read. Ready? Genesis eleven nine. nine, read. Therefore, is the name of it called? Uh-huh. Why? Because the Lord did Uh-huh. Of all the earth uh uh-huh from thence did the lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth the name of that place is called what babel Babel. that's the watch this that was never god's intent for nimrod god's intent for nimrod was, was for his place to become a great refuge but watch this i look back further and guess what nimrod's name meant it meant rebel it was something on the inside of him that said, I don't care what God say. He's saved. Metaphorically speaking or comparing to present day and age, he's a man of God. But still, it ain't enough to be a man of God. He's got a, it's something in him that causes him to rebel against what God said. Watch this. And he creates something that is forever an adversary of the kingdom of God for the rest of time. The term bab- Babel, in that text, uh, this is Genesis, so it's written in Hebrew. But when you look at it in, uh, in the, uh, he- the Greek uh, translation, which, you know, I don't get into all of that, but I think there's some understanding there that we must understand. Uh, that term specifically means Babylon. So watch. This same man of God, who is God's man, Nimrod, God's man in his day and age, Becomes the world leader of the nation that God calls the great whore in Revelation, chapter 17 and 18, to the point that heaven rejoices, has a party when God judges Babylon. Why does God call? Why does uh, uh, John see in the book of Revelation? Revelation. Uh, um, uh, Babylon as a great whore because this mindset of self-glorification and lusting after he says it deceived the whole world Look at the world now No nation is satisfied with what they got They still trying to conquer territory here in America. We still have a racial battle. We've been here for how many years? and we still Trying to oppress nation, trying to oppress nation, trying to uh, uh, not allow certain nations to be as affluent as others. Why? Because they just can't get enough. It ain't enough to have a land of the free and a home of the brave. I got to be in control of the land of the free and the home of the brave. And I got to make sure that some of the people in the land of the free and the home of the brave ain't as well off as me. I like you don't know what I'm talking about. It makes you mad every time you sense it. Every time you see that that misogynistic. Every time you experience that superiority type of aura uh, uh, or racism. Racism that tries to come in your. T- you feel it and you you want to fight it with your fists. It's a spiritual thing. It's the spirit of Babylon. It's Babylon. It's that great. Wh- Here's why. Now and this is free. You can somebody say this for free. You ain't got to have no ticket to, to, to eat. This, this is an appetizer. You know how when you go to the restaurant and they give you a little taste or something? just For free, you don't even got to pay for this right here. Not that you got to pay for other stuff, but did this show enough for free. Here's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, if you lay with a harlot, you won with a harlot. Hoeing around with everybody. You better figure out. You, watch this. Because one, one woman ain't enough for you. Ooh, don't, want to, don't want to talk to me no more, y'all. I'm going to preach this from back here. Boy, I bet our live stream crew is like, what in the world is happening? Where to preach at? If you're just tuning in, I am the spirit of the Lord and I am talking to you from the heaven. No, I'm just kidding. I'm right here. That's what Paul said. No, no. When you commit a sin outside of your body, that's one thing. But when you take your body and you unify it with somebody that's loose. You become one with lasciviousness. There's no law. There's n- nothing is ever enough. Now don't you go out here and start getting all, uh, you know, guilty and feeling condemned because hopefully now you've been free from that thing and you're living right. And if you're not, just repent and get it right because God is watching you now. If you ain't married yet, you better go ahead and hitch that thing up. Even Beyonce said, if you want it, then you should put a ring on it. God the matter. I don't know who she worshiped no more. Come on now. I made you mad then, didn't I? What you mean? What you mean? You talk about Queen B. Well, King Nimrod started out right too. All right, I ain't gonna, ain't, gonna go, ain't gonna mess in your, in your song list no more. Why is this important? Because why do I reference Paul saying that in 1 Corinthians 6? Because we don't want to be one, like Nimrod, who, who begot this harlot, who's, who produced this offspring called Babylon. We don't want to become one. We don't want to become one with this mindset of putting self above community. Y'all, Nimrod almost messed it up for the whole world. Think about it. Nimrod's a leader. His family is following him, right? God says, before he messed this up, let me confuse their language. Let, watch this. Let me confound their language and let me make sure that one fragment of that language is still my chosen people, Shem. In your own time, read more. See, I know we we know more of comics better than we know the Bible. I'm gonna get y'all back to knowing the word of God. When y'all get to heaven, y'all ain't gonna be saying, Well, what, <laughs> what my man's name? What, what my man's name? We ain't gonna be trying to figure out who in heaven. You don't even know that's Jesus, friend. I thought Jesus was a white man. I thought Jesus was a white man. I thought you was a black man. We're gonna get back to knowing this Bible. I think God uses me to make it pretty interesting. When you say you've enjoyed this today, but notice, watch, notice right after verse 9, we go to verse 10. After, after Nimrod messes up, man, I gotta hurry to get y'all out of here. I'm done. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna close it here. Verse 10. I want you all to read that out loud. God has confounded the language of the world. He's, he's dealt with Nimrod and his poor leadership and his self trying to make a name for himself. And what's the next thing that God reveals to Moses as Moses is the author of, it's not the author, but the writer of Genesis 10, excuse me, of the book of Genesis in Genesis 10, verse 10. Y'all ready to read that together? Ready? Read. These are of who? You see how God God set that thing back in order? Nimrod messed it up. But these are the generations that I have called anointed. This this is the order that I set. This is the one whose name is my namesake in the earth. And you read on down there and it talks about the sons of of Shem. And it gets all the way down to this man named Terah who's on his way to the land of Canaan. And he has a son. And his name is Abram, surnamed Abraham, who is the father of our faith. The reason we're able to have access to God is because despite Of one man's selfishness God saw fit to divide that foolishness to spare a lineage so that his truth his word could come out of that and the word if you read the Bible long enough you'll find that out of Abraham's loin came this king his name was David and the David was the son of Jesse the Bible says there was a root of Jesse and his name was Jesus I feel chills from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet Jesus had to be spared God had to disturb the plans of Nimrod because he wanted to make sure that Jesus Jesus got here to be a savior of us all. And now we who are here below, it's our responsibility to do 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. I beseech you, let's read that together as we close. That same Jesus now, Paul references in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name, there it is again, <laughs> by the name. You want to talk about a name? You want to talk about a lineage? By the name of our Lord Jesus that you speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's what it means to be synchronized in your speech. Wow, what a message, what a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. It causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, If you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net on Sundays at 1130 a.m. or Tuesdays at 715 p.m. both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life. You have exactly what you say.